Welcome to the Community Development Podcast. A podcast dedicated to community development practice and approaches, sharing our learning and connecting the workforce. My name is Russell. Very great pleasure of the return to the podcast with Helen Griffiths. How are you, Helen? Lovely to be back. Thanks. <laughs> and we're in your garden, so we are doing this socially distant. And the sun has gone in and the wind has picked up, which is obviously inevitable the minute you get the mic out. So a little bit of background noise, but um, it hopefully adds an authenticity to suburban Cardiff life. So we're in St. Melons on the east of the city of Cardiff in South Wales. And I say the second time, so you, you joined us for episode 25 which was the second of two I did specifically looking at community development in and affected by and being uh, responding to the pandemic. David Clegg joined us as well for that one. And there were some things you were talking about around the, the COVID diaries, around how you were identifying, responding to sort of need. We did that back in about, I think, June, May, June time, yeah, I think. June. How are things going? Where are we at now? Yeah, so I think we're in this strange place of having come out of that intense lockdown and that's when we were speaking last time where we were really only able to do our daily exercise in the community um, people were really quite isolated from each other but finding ways um, to connect whether it's in gardens whether it's at our local lake um, we're further on still with a lot of the same restrictions but also trying to I think reflect on what we've learnt so far and, and in a place where we're looking potentially at longer term adaptations to how we're connecting in the community whether that's looking at what spaces what physical spaces we can make work in a community particularly outdoor spaces looking with local schools to invest in large covers so we can meet in groups outside undercover um, if that's going to be one of our few options uh, going forward um, but also looking at trying to make our online communities more of how we love to engage with each other and so it is limited but trying to capture more of that conversation more of that idea sharing um, a lot of that creative thinking that we do face to face and need face to face to kind of bounce off those ideas off each other how do we do that online um, for us um, we've seen one of our local news and infos groups really come alive in that way it's it's just taken on a really um, it's a really collaborative space it's not just a space to share news and info it really is a space of discussion where people are sharing ideas where they're not just posting this is what I'm doing but they're asking questions you know who would like to do this with me and for us that's a really exciting thing that it's become a place of more uh, collaborative thinking residents that haven't met before that are sharing their passions that are connecting over hobbies or or needs so um, there's a pain a chronic pain group that have um, come together through this um, news and info group there's a walking group that people are talking about and um, how can we make that work in COVID um, people sharing ideas like uh, a friends of Hendra Lake group and it's actually creating a space that maybe we haven't had before in St Melons where people can come together neighbour to neighbour um, in their own space so the group the admins of the group are St Ellen's residents. So it's not a group put on, facilitated by outsiders. It's a, it's a group organized by local people 
full of local people and it just feels like there's um, a growing sense of building together again and not just surviving. There's definitely issues of surviving lockdown, surviving COVID and just how detrimental that's been to our health collectively in St Mellons. But also looking at not just surviving, but yeah, how can we start building more community um, and not being robbed of that imagination just because it's COVID. And when I did those podcasts, and I had other discussions as well, and some, for whatever reason, didn't didn't come about in terms of actual episode and things like that. But it was there, there seemed to be an appetite to want to at the time. So we're talking sort of May June time, wanting to be a little bit more longer term in the thinking but of course when you're trying to meet immediate pressing needs for some people the here and now and it was that kind of almost on a week-to-week basis certainly the guys in Bangor in North Wales were and Mice Gurkham were talking in, in that way actually what else can we do and it was almost at that and which was fascinating for me was almost at that tipping point of okay we've, we've got a handle on the pressing the emergency the urgent I think conceptually almost people had come to begin to understand what this lockdown and pandemic was going to feel like for them be either individually or on a collective basis communal basis so people looking ahead so it's great that now you know what we're now with sort of mid-october uh, four months can't do the maths four months further on that actually that has begun to happen for yourselves yeah. and i think it's it, lots of the conversations going on that i'm part of at the moment talking about place and space and one of my concerns with the online space which is great you know illustrated that really really well it's how useful that is for connecting is that do we risk losing the serendipities that can happen in communal social spaces whether those are community centers hubs um, you know the high street the salon uh, cafes coffee shops and so on are the serendipities that happen in those places do they happen online to the same extent they might happen in a different way that happen to the same extent and that's a, that's a slight concern I've got unless of course can we can we fashion them can we create them and I just think it's interesting just to maybe on a practical level I mean very very simplistic but I think you know critical based it's not just saying what you're doing but actually that phrasing of what you're doing as a question to other people do you want to come and join me yeah for me seems really important and significant because mm. it's that opening yeah. up it's inviting contact yeah you know it's not a passive this is what I'm doing and making someone else almost have to be brave enough to make that step and say well can I ask can I come along opening up like that yes. we talk about appreciative inquiry and, mm. and you know and open forms of questioning and things mm. like that that to me seems to be one of the simple but potentially very effective ways in which the online can mm. maybe bring about some of those serendipities yeah absolutely we've been really lucky with I think the, the moderators, the admins of this particular group, that they, um, I think, have that as a gift themselves. So they, in the group, will often ask questions. And okay. that's been really interesting because I think it's helped that sense of this is this is a space to ask those questions. Um, and so one of the admins will sometimes just post in a group of upwards to, I think, about 2,000 residents now. Um, How are people doing? You know, and what a question to ask 2,000 people. How's your day going? But it's, it's um, difficult to do that online, but I think it's put across this desire from the, from the admins that this is a space to talk, to be in discussion. And I think it does take some vulnerability to say, would people like to do something with me? 
Um, and I think that that needs to be nurtured in a space and really protected in a space that people feel I can ask this question and people won't think I'm a bit daft or people won't think it's a stupid idea. Um, so I think for us, the admins of this group have been great, but actually the community's response, this really positive response to people's ideas, um, which actually can happen on social media in a really interesting way. Things yeah. like on Facebook, just your like or your heart emoji, you know, those type of things that... And your, and your memes and your gifts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So even if you're not responding to say, yes, I would like to do that, when somebody says, oh, would anybody else be interested in a walking group and 100 people like it, you know, it creates that sense of um, we want to hear each other's questions, we want to hear each other's passions. And, 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 and that can be a worry sometimes with social media is, particularly if you, you know, you're not the sort of person that's chasing the followers and the likes and doing that kind yeah. of thing is that it can feel like you're shouting into the wind. Yes. So you put something out there, but you don't know necessarily. I mean, you can go into the analytics and you can see mm. about impressions of a tweet, but I might, my gut feeling is your average person on Twitter doesn't know that that is there or that is even a thing, a yeah. Twitter impression, for example, okay? So that sense that you're shouting into the wind can actually be quite disempowering because you don't feel like you're being listened to. Absolutely. So that like, I suppose, is, is, is something. But of mm. course, you then get a sense of, okay, well, just because someone's liked it doesn't mean they're going to come along, but they might tell somebody. Yes. So you're getting some, there's some ripple effect. Yeah. And there's some kind of return, if you like, on investment to... to yeah. To, Know, to bastardise the phrase of of you putting something out there, mm. wh whatever the activity is for, whether it's yeah. Hendra Lake or it's walking, yeah. you know, pain management, quite yeah. clearly quite a niche, Absolutely. specific focus to that group. Yeah. But of course, these people aren't defined by the pain. No, absolutely. They will have other interests, and that's where this stuff then yeah. begins to spark. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That I think um, the responses to making things happen can still be quite a small group of people that are actually responding saying yes and then possibly even a smaller group that from that have said yes to actually that will do that will act on it um so it can um, still be quite difficult i think actually organizing those things but i think having this space where the community can say yes we want this and we want you to do it and i think there's just such a appetite at the moment for peer-led and really locally led groups people don't want them to be put on for them and i think people have just really responded to neighbors that they know or don't know but are now meeting over facebook and realizing oh you live a couple of streets over from me and you want to put us group people are just so positive about that that there's just such an atmosphere of, of encouragement and actually um i think that's been just a really hugely redemptive thing when people local people have maybe existed in an environment where larger groups and services haven't encouraged people and have maybe disempowered people from taking initiative um, where there's maybe more bureaucracy um, some of it needed around mm -hmm. health and safety mm -hmm. but you've got this group that aren't considered aren't concerned about that uh, largely not professional they're not considering those things they're just responding to the idea um, and I think that's really important space to have spaces where ideas can flourish without um, overly bureaucratic responses to them. Um, I think um, that is something that is lost in, in that face-to-face -face communication where we think creatively together, where we kind of bounce off each other's body language and take encouragement from each other's faces and expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think to have this space that actually is just neighbours has created a really much needed uh, place for ideas to be respected mm. I think really really respected 
there's no permission being asked is there yeah so that's one of the things isn't that's it with it. these sort of hub facilities or uh, you know they might take different names sort of from you know public owned sort of local authority council and sort of facilities and you know they're fine in and, the, in and of themselves insofar as they're warm and they're safe and they're clean and they're welcoming and where I can go and get a decent you know, bee and flapjack or whatever but I can't just go in there when I need to when I want yeah. to when, yeah. when it suits me mm. it's got to be within uh, you know a set yeah. opening period there's still, a, there's still a counter, mm. there's still people with badges and lanyards, there's yep. something, there's clearly a hierarchy of something there. Mm. Even if it's not a particularly uh, a kind of vast and high hierarchy or it's a particularly kind of imposing or domineering one, there is still that sense of, well, yeah. I'm a guest here. Mm. Um, I'm kind of interested for somebody that's you know confident and assertive enough and male mm. enough, mm. frankly, and old enough mm. and white enough to be able to just feel comfortable in that mm. space is, 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 is not a problem for mm. me per se trying to analyze it from a different perspective and trying to kind of you know walk a mile in someone else's shoes i'm not sure that those spaces are the sort are necessarily convenient to the things that you're talking about problem solving mm. coming up with ideas yeah um that kind of sense of almost trying to find out find out what's going on here yeah so not just what's on yeah. the surface but that kind of scratching beneath the surface to go oh actually this is because people are feeling this way well that's because this has happened yeah I'm still not sure necessarily that online is, uh, um, you know, is a panacea to, to, yeah. to any of that. I mean, like you said, you're still talking about moderators mm. and administrators, mm. but there does seem to be less of a, a, a requirement of asking permission to do these things. Definitely, definitely that. It is a, a sense of you're free, to, free to ask what you want. You're not saying, "Can I set up a walking group?" Saying, "This is what I'm going to do," and other people come around it. You know, the moderators are great. They're very light, and so sometimes discussion does can get heated. Someone might say, "Oh, well, you can't do that because of this rule around COVID," and it's fleshed out in, in sometimes a heated discussion. But in that as well, you get people's passions of saying, "This is why I want to do the group, mm. and this is why the group's really yeah, important yeah, yeah, to me." Yeah. And actually, um, really important conversations around the rules around COVID and actually their impacts on people's mental health and the balances of risk. Um, and there's a difference to completely flouting the rules and weighing up risk around the parameters, the, the, the rules where the rules aren't very clear. Mm. And I think where organised groups are going to be much more cautious on that, um, people in the community are going to be less cautious probably. Um, and that is because they have a much more heightened awareness, are experiencing themselves, the huge impact on their health, physical and, and mental health. Um, and their emotional well-being and their social health mm. um, of these rules. Um, so it's it's really interesting because you do get some interesting discussions. And again, because it's um, peer-to-peer, neighbour-to-neighbour, um, they're not moderated by uh, someone, an outsider, um, a person of, of more power um, that weighs in and, and draws the line on that. It really is fleshed out. So it's it's interesting that discussion can happen in that way. And there's definitely problems with it because of social media and the way in which people react mm. to each other on social media that they wouldn't face to face. But there's also the benefit that sometimes social media, people that aren't necessarily confident face to face can speak in a different way on social media. And, and of course there's the flip to that as well, that people aren't as comfortable with written communication as they might be with verbal communication. But it opens up a different kind of space. Mm. And I think for St. Melons, because there haven't been many spaces for that kind of collaborative thinking, for us, being pushed online by COVID is actually really 
helped the community find a space, yes, a virtual online space, but a space where people can meet and share ideas. And, and I've not seen that in the 10 to 15 years I've been working in St Melons and then living in St Melons. Um, I've not seen that kind of space where ideas are shared so freely. Um, but it's a large area as well, isn't it? We're large, not talking, yeah. you know, a small sort of remote you know, housing no. estate somewhere. It's quite sprawling, isn't it, now? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah about 15,000 people. I was going to put you on the spot and say, do you know how many? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're talking quite a large area. So yes. so even even in the, you know, inverted commas, the best of times, yeah. that online medium probably does help traverse some of that, that yeah. scale, that density of population. But I suppose as well, almost, you know, it's the fact that, and this has been a recurring theme to a certain extent that with, with, with recent episodes, also any number of conversations I've been having is around well actually that kind of work dogma because mm. people have been furloughed because people have had fewer hours and um, you know that brings with it its own complications and difficulties because certainly during the summer children mm. were off school they were off yeah. school beforehand as well uh, enforced is that actually people have had less work to do yeah I, I mean, i'm generalizing and simplifying massively there but I, but i think there's something in that and so actually it's freed up people's minds if you like mm-hmm. to go okay what can I, what can I do? And there's almost this kind of, I mean, Raymond Williams talked about this, you know, you know, cultural democracy, this sense that actually I can get involved in a very democratic way. It's not been mandated. It's not been forced. Mm. There's not been a big stick telling me to do yeah. it. I haven't been incentivized by, you know, some sort of you know, cash incentive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to do it because I can, gen- I can see that I'm contributing to something that has a cultural dividend. And that might be in the form of getting involved in the environment, or the ecology, or it might be trying to do something around. I mean, I loved how you were talking about distributing the activity packs mm. to, to families earlier in the lockdown, helping keep kids just interested and, and, and stimulated and so yeah. on. Whatever that might be that people have got involved, that sense that it feels a bit more democratic, I think, yeah. is, 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 I think has been really enriching. And I do wonder whether it may be, I don't know what it is. Is it, is it, is it one, two, five years' time? We look back and go, do you remember that time? You know, in the same way we were talking when, you know, Santa came on his, on his sleigh during the middle of June in his Hawaii, Hawaiian Santa visit. Look back and go, okay, that was a bright spot and what was a difficult time. That have got a sense mm. of you know, humour and, 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 you know, yeah. oddness about it, incongruousness about it. But that sense that actually over a prolonged period of time, I felt more attached to somebody, something, Hendra Lakes, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, I really hope that we keep this profound sense of place that people, I think, have have gained in their community, that it's not just about people, but really belonging to a place. And I think when we were in that time where you could only do your daily exercise within distance of your house, I think people felt a, a fresh sense of this is my place of belonging, this is my community and a real physicality to that because we were limited to that physicality in a new way and you are then aware of both the limits of that physicality what's there for you but also all the assets of that place um all of the the benefits of it um, and so for us i think there are people and myself included um that during that time have become freshly aware of the really important places to us in st melons the you know hendra lake being one of them and also then the things that we are missing and they're not in our locality and not having enough spaces to gather as community that are our spaces has i think really emerged Mm. but again that sense of um people taking responsibility and not asking permission and there's been you know a number of people um 
get involved in clearing the local lanes when they became overgrown so that children weren't cycling on the road they could cycle down the lanes so that prams and wheelchairs could still go down the lanes um, litter picking removing fly tipping and when you talk to these people they say i really fed up when people say oh the council should do that and yes we want to you know hold our council responsible mm. to, to doing the work it should be doing absolutely but these people saying no we want an attitude as well where we recognize the responsibility we have and the freedom we have to care for our own estate and again in that time people weren't asking permission and i hope that continues that people just continue to do what they want that they are our lanes and um, if people want to put daffodils you know sow daffodils in the lanes then do that and if people want to clear them do that and i think that sense of um having taken back our communities and that they belong to us and the ways in which i think some of those big organizations uh, like the council struggled to respond weren't flexible enough to respond quickly so uh, for sure uh, left that space that mm. it had to be local community people even if it gets to a place where it doesn't have to be local community people, I, I hope that it becomes shaped around that and that it has to be local people doing it. And it's a time um, where organisations um, have got back more involved with the community, that it becomes shaped around those local people. And that sense of uh, responsibility and ownership, I think, that we've um, reclaimed because of COVID. Somebody has started mowing their lawn, and I don't blame them. I have the final cut of the of the summer to do on mine as well. Helen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Quick plug for Hope St Melons as well. Yeah, so do follow us on social media um, at Hope St Melons on Twitter and on Facebook. Thank you for listening to the Community Development Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter at comdevtpodcast, C-O-M-M-D-E-V-T podcast. And to support the podcast and help it share learning, connect the workforce and raise the profile and the merits of community development approaches, why not become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the CD podcast. <laughs>